0: you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians 3. We're not going to read it immediately, but I'll give you a few seconds to get to it. We started a series last Sunday. We continued this past Tuesday on our online Bible study. And if the Lord willing, we'll end it today. And next week, we are starting a new series called Getting Into the Alignment of God's Assignment. A lot of us are running. A lot of us are running ahead of God. Instead of behind the word of God. God told the prophet, I want you to go here and this woman is going to sustain you because I've commanded her. So he sent the word before the prophet moved. Right. Some of us move and expect God to jump in. Come on, somebody. We're going to get into that next week. How to follow the flow of what, where God's leading us. Right. Instead of just asking God to bless where we're leading to him. Got quiet. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But today I want to continue on the context of how to make room for more. Making room for more. I know in our world, in our day and age, it gets really sketchy. I mean, some people talk about prosperity and some people are anti-prosperity. And this encompasses money, but that is a small part of the, the context here. Because wherever you're at in your journey of life, if you believe that there's something you can learn, that there's more. If you believe that God wants to still do something through you, then there's more. If you believe that there's another season for you, then there's more. If you believe that God wants to answer your prayers, then there's room for more. And the context, what the devil tries to do is steal, kill, and destroy not just what's within our hands, but what's within our heart and our mind. Because if he can get to your heart and mind and you stop believing for more. If you think that this is the best it's going to be, if you think you're going to die with that disease, if you think your marriage has no hope, all of a sudden what happens? You shut down and you don't believe for more. But what happens when God wants to awaken us to the idea that he is more than enough. And so we don't need to settle where we're at in your career, in your relationship, in the peace in your heart, in the joy in your life, in the anointing in your ministry, it, wherever you can talk about the promises of God, the Bible says are yea and amen unto you. Can, are you with me today? And that means approved and so be it. So if I'm not there yet, and I'll include all of us, even myself, because I believe we are all or should be all Growing. Never outgrow growth. I don't care what title they gave you. I don't care how many people follow you. I don't care how many people sing your songs. Never outgrow growth growth. If you you get a hold of that, then you'll know that there's an area of more. You might know how to play basketball at high school, but if you want to get to the NBA, you have to be willing to prepare yourself to play it differently, because at every level, it might look like the same to those who are sitting and buying the ticket, but to those who are on the court, to those who are on the field, to those who are playing, they know that it's not the same. It looks the same, but there's other things they had to do. Why? Because they had to be able to compete at a different level. They had to be able to be strong against a stronger opponent. Say, oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, but if you're only playing against sixth graders, you're 15. Why don't you play against somebody... Because the greater victory is not beating this lesser challenge. The greater victory is not just beating the challenge that's equivalent to you. The greater victory is being a David who sees a Goliath and said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion, Joe, and the paw of the bear is the same God who will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. The greater victory is realizing and recognizing that I'm going to the next level and it's just not for me, it's not for my resume, it's not for me to brag on. I'm going there because God has a purpose, because God wants to use me. Are you listening to me today? One of the things that holds people up financially is they think that money's only for their consumption instead of saying, God, I want you to bless me because I want to be a big giver into the kingdom of God. Lord, I want you to bless me because I want to feed more people. God. I want you to bless me because I want my tithes and offerings to to be greater than they've ever been. I want you to bless me because I want to be used by you to build churches in the Philippines. God, I want, and all of a sudden something changes because when you were the center of your own consumption and prayer, James says you still don't get when you ask for it. I didn't say it, James says. James says you fight amongst yourselves and you never ask. But when you do ask, you still don't get it because you do it for the consumption of your own lust. And I'm not saying God doesn't want you blessed. Around here, and if you're a guest with us, just stay with us for a little bit. Around here, we believe God doesn't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff to have you. And the people that complain about more, usually the problem is not the stuff it's what's happening on the inside of them because they know if they had more, they would go down the wrong path. Because we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. you not deceived. God does not mock. What a man so is he shall reap. You know, one of the worst things, if a, if a spouse is having adultery... Committing adultery, they think they're getting away with it, but you know, one of the common threads is they begin to become jealous of their spouse. Why'd you look at them that way? I didn't, there was nothing there, but to them there was something there because they know that they're doing something that's inappropriate. And so they're in torment. Why? Because they have no peace. Why? Because they see the world as they are. So God has more in store for you. Look to your neighbor and say, God has so much more. And that doesn't mean you're at the. That doesn't mean you're in the valley. That doesn't mean you're at the bottom. That doesn't mean you could be at the the highest of your game. You could be the highest in your neighborhood. You could be the highest of your family. But you could look at it and say, Look what I've done. And God said, No, no, no. You understand where I'm taking you is so much higher because where God wants to take you, you come to the revelation that it's not about me. I could never kill a giant. I could never walk through a fiery furnace without God. I could never keep a lion's mouth shut without God. I could. Come on, stay with me. I could never run that business and. Make Make it that successful without God. I could never know the answers to all that and wisdom beyond my ears without God. What do you all of a sudden God says, I want to bring you to a place that you and everybody who knows you knows that it's not you. For we have this treasure, the Bible says. We have this treasure. We have a treasure in earth and vessels, the Bible says, that the glory, that the glory, that the glory may be of God and not man as long as you are self-made, you have lowered the standard to the potential of God that he has for you. Why? Because God can do. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And learning to say, I'm going to back up and say, wait a minute, God, according to your word, like Mary said, be unto me according to your word. If you want me to go to the next level, you show me. I'm going after it. When we don't think there's more, we'll settle for the routine and we'll be satisfied with the mundane. When you walk into church, do you believe there's more? Yes. You, let me encourage you. you got to walk in and say, Lord, this is what I'm needing. I don't care what the singers are singing. we got an amazing worship team. Praise the Lord. But I don't care if they come out with the little box to play drums and a tambourine and strings that are not right. God, I'm going to push through because I want something in that praise and worship. I'm going to experience you. If they sing the song I love or sing the song I never heard of, it don't matter. I'm not letting them dictate to the level of my experience. I don't care what the preacher preaches. If it's a verse I never heard of or a verse I've memorized, it don't matter. But when they he begins to speak or in some place where she begins to speak, when the man or woman of God begins to speak, it's not just about them. One of the things, even when Jonathan comes, don't you get so uh, admirable of a person that you begin focusing on the person because the treasure is in the person. It doesn't mean that we disrespect people. It doesn't mean we don't honor people. But you look at them and say, thank you God for the gift and anointing on their life. But when they begin to open their mouth, I'm going to begin to draw from heaven into and You know what? When you start doing that, what happens? You'll hear ministers say, man, I came with these notes, but all of a sudden I said this. Or sometimes you won't, they won't even say what you thought they said but God the Holy Spirit will turn it around and Revelation will come into your mind. I've had people come up and say, Pastor, you read my mail. You talked about this, and I'm looking at him like I don't even remember saying it. Because it, that is the anointing of God. He can take the word of God and reveal it to you the way you want you need to hear it, not just what is said. What do you do? You come in and say, God, I'm coming to experience you. Don't you let a service pass by without having a hunger for God, saying, God, there is something I need from heaven today. There's something I know you have more for me because when we're talking more, we're just not talking material more, and that's part of it. We're not just talking emotional more, and that's part of it. We're talking about making room for God so that you can have God do the impossible and bring the impossible into your hands. I'm thankful for the promise, but you can't eat the promise. The promise was not to be the end of it. It's to be in the initiator of it. That's why He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He initiates it with the word of His promise revealed by His Spirit, but He doesn't want you to stop there with the clap. He doesn't want you to stop there with the praise. He wants you to get a hold of it. Mark 11 23 24 and make it your own and receive it and say it's mine and walk it through Hebrews 11, Hebrews 6 12 and walk it through and say God you've given me a promise and I'm going to stay on course till I see the promise manifest. John 1, 1, John 1 and the word became flesh. John 1 14, first John 1 says and we handled, we held that word of truth. A lot of people have heard the word of truth. A lot of people know the word of truth. A lot of people can quote the word of truth, but not everybody can handle the word of truth. That means it came into the natural, and that means the healing its coming into your natural. I sense this right now in someone's body. I see your vascular system in your arm, and I speak healing. Your blood is being healed right now because healing is coming into your body. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, give him a praise. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the days of normal church has to come to an end. We are in the last days, and we can't do church like our grandma did it. Praise God for Granny. She could pray. She lived for Jesus, but we can't do church like our uncle and aunts did it. We got to say, now is the time. Today is a day. It's a season. We are moving into the last season, and God didn't call us to sit in a church and clap only. He called us to clap and go out to the world and kick some devil's butt. called us to go out and make a difference in the world and reach people that do not know him if you believe that take 30 seconds and give him a praise (laughs) hallelujah we can't do it like we've always done it you know the danger of religious world is we'll figure something that God is doing and we keep trying to repeat it but if you follow Jesus let Jesus be the example. Jesus would heal people and it was different. Sometimes He would speak the word only and it was done. Sometimes He would spit and make mud and put it in their eyes and send them off to be healed. Sometimes He would touch the casket. He didn't do it. You know, if it was you and I and we spit in somebody's eye and they got healed, we would start our own ministry. You'd get a business card. Holy spit. Come on, somebody and you'd be known that you could spit in people's eye and they get healed and you'd line everybody up. i want you to all line up yeah. Why? Because what worked before, you want to keep working. But there's coming a day, and I believe we are in it, where we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There's one day He'll tell you to talk. Some days He'll tell you to shut up. Some days He'll tell you to pray. Some days He'll say, start memorizing the Word right now. Some days He'll tell you to invite. Sometimes He'll say, just pray for it. Sometimes I will I can't tell you what it is. We have to learn that today is a different day than 50 years ago or 20 years ago. Today is different than even 10 years ago. The enemy tries to change culture and society by catastrophes. 9-11 changed our world. COVID changed the thinking of people. But I'm telling you there is a, there is something coming from heaven's throne that is greater than any virus, that is greater than any catastrophe. That will revolutionize the foundations of his people first. We are looking at the evil, but we got to get our house taken care of, church. Because there's too many churches that are dry and stale and settled. We're just getting another one done. We got another Sunday over. Praise God. No one died. It went smooth. We got another. It's not about clocking and clicking and getting it over with. It's about, God, what are you saying in the earth today? God, what do you want us to do today? It's not about, I came to church, it's done, I'll see you next week, Jesus. It's, I came to church, and I got with the believers. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst." And I experience God. I'm celebrating, I'm volunteering, I'm serving. But when I leave here, it's a whole different ballgame. The anointing doesn't just stop in the house. The anointing goes with you out into the highway and byways. We are coming to an age where I want more people because we. I am so thankful for testimonies. I am so thankful for testimonies. And we get them on a regular basis. People getting healed and ministered to and saved and, and encouraged. But what's what's even better in my opinion is having testimonies of people that left the building and on Tuesday at work and on Wednesday at home and on Thursday in your neighborhood. All of a sudden that they don't walk around trying to force it. But they wake up and say, God, I'm available. Holy Spirit, use me as you desire. Because why we are in a day, God is getting ready to change the foundation of His church because it's a time for us to come up. Listen to me, my friend. You say, oh, that's for other people. That's not for me. If you're saved, you're in this. You're a part of the body of Christ. We are coming to a place. God is wooing us. He's inviting us. He's calling us and he's getting ready to command us. Rise up Isaiah 60. Stand up. Don't just settle for the pattern of the past. Get ready. I'm calling you to a new level because I have a new work to do in the last days because he must do a quick work the Bible says. Come on if you believe that give him a shout. Say God's doing something. So God is doing something. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it because I got distracted. I don't want to miss it because I got my mind on the wrong thing. I don't want to miss it because I thought my world was the only thing going on and I was the center of it. And oh Lord, why am I not perfect? Why am I dealing with this? Now you have to get real and get focused on God. I had a minister, uh, Philip Cameron, many years ago tell me that in the 70s, him and his ministry, if you were around in those days, that they were on the number one Christian television network. They were the number one requested guest. Their ministry was traveling. They were were literally exploding as as a ministry. If you see people do what we call the charismatic two-steps dance, that came from the Philip Cameron ministry. That's where that came from. And he told me one day, he said, Greg, God was using us to birth something in the church world. We were on international television all the time. And God was doing something special. Say special. And he said, but you know what? He said, during that time, I look back and see how amazing what God was doing in and through our lives. He said, but during that, I was so stressed out. Because all I could think about was how do I get enough money to fill the bus with gas to get to my next location. He said, I missed out on the enjoyment of what God was doing. Because I was so focused on the little stuff. Has the devil ever tried to pull you into the little stuff? You say, well, it's big to me. It is big to you, but on the big grand scale, it's still little stuff. If you learn to say, I see, I see, I recognize. Hey, you look big, but I'm going to tell you to my God, you're no big deal. I'm believing that what God's going to do in these last days is not only going to empower us like we've never seen anoint us like we've never seen use us like we've never seen but i'm praying that that our minds will be so renewed that we won't be distracted by the little stuff what am i telling you you don't have to have a perfect day to be used by a perfect god the the sun doesn't need to be shining all the time for you to be used by god people don't need to love you just for you to be used by a perfect god You could go right in the middle of people that are talking about you, trying to run you down, and God will use you. You can allow yourself to be offended and wounded by what they said, or you could say, God, I'm gonna look to a greater voice and I wanna be used by you, so you show me what to do in this moment. They tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. You know what I would have done? I would have called an angel. Smack him around come on. But the Bible says that he just walked right through them. He stayed in the anointing because he is the anointed one. He didn't say, oh God, why, are they, why don't they love me? Don't they know what I'm coming to do for them? Don't they know what I gave up to help them? Why are they turning on me? I can't believe this. I just need some personal time. Can I have a two-week break? I just need some emotional, personal time. No, he walked right through them. He walked right through them. Are you listening to me? And and we don't know how all that plays out because God is so awesome. We don't understand everything, but it's it's fun to keep learning. I assume that when he began to move, they begin to be blinded or couldn't see where he was at. So I can only imagine that they went as a crowd to push him over, and all of a sudden, where'd he go? He walked right through the problem. He didn't stay in the in the pit, he didn't stay in the problem. He walked right, say walked right through. If you could see my notes, we are so far from my notes, but it's okay. Because I feel somebody needs to hear this. Are you listening to me? I feel this from the Spirit of God. You might be going with turmoil around you. They might not like you right now. They might be talking about you. And you can choose to stay there and cry and sulk. Or you can say, all right Holy Ghost, show me what to do. And He'll equip you. He'll direct you to walk right through it. So you know, they, they, they're trying to grab you and they can't find, where did you go? Because you did, you chose not to stay in that valley. You chose not to stay at that level. You chose not to stay in that emotional realm. You have a greater realm. And He walked and passed right through. And I speak an anointing over someone's life. The anointing to pass through the problem of what you are dealing with right now. Quit trying to hang on to it. Quit trying to solve it. Quit trying to shape it. Quit trying to make it fit into your world. Let it go. Trust God. Grab his hand and walk right through it in the name of Jesus. Look to somebody say walk right through it. It seems so hot in me. Yeah, and it's going to stay that way. You got to choose to either. You can't get everybody to love you. Are you listening to me? Not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to support you. Not everybody's going to like you. Because hurt people hurt people. In person, online, anywhere, everywhere. Yeah, you know, people get online and they. What do you do? You just ban them. Sorry. Goodbye. Don't need to hear your voice why do we let her why do we think we have to give everybody with a voice an opportunity to speak into our lives I don't care if they're related to you or not. Smile, say, God bless you, I gotta be somewhere. Where do you gotta be? You gotta be in destiny, baby. You don't got time just to meet with people. You gotta stay connected with God. And look at them. and say, listen, God bless you, I gotta go. I really gotta go, I gotta be somewhere. They're like, where do you gotta go? You don't have to tell them that, so I got an appointment, I got an appointment with destiny, I'm going somewhere. Am I talking to anybody today? If the Holy Ghost is gonna mess up my notes, it's okay, but I better know it's for somebody here. Because we'll get stuck trying to convince people that we're a good person, or right motives, or trying to do the right thing, or how they should like us. Let it go! Let it go! Say, let it go. (sighs) Hallelujah. To learn to let it go and keep moving forward. Why? You know why people don't keep moving forward? Is they don't believe that there's more. They'll camp out because they don't know there's more. They'll stop in the battle because they don't know there's more. You say, why do I got to battle? Listen, because God still wants to show himself strong. Don't worry about the giants in your promised land. Why do I got to deal with this to get there? Well, you know what? Be thankful for the giant in the promised land. Because if there wasn't a giant in the promised land that was scary, everybody you know would have got ahead of you and camped out and made a house and a tent in your promised land. And then you got to deal with that. But I'm family. And you got to deal with all that. When it's a giant, they all know it's a giant. It don't matter what the giant comes by. The giant might come by depression. The giant's name might be called infirmity. That giant might be called sickness. That giant might be called divorce. That giant might be called anxiety. That giant might be called torment. That giant might be called death. I don't care what the name of the giant. The source of the giant... Is it's not from God, and if it's not from God, it's out of covenant. If it's out of covenant, as a covenant child, you have authority. Matthew eighteen eighteen: What you bind on earth is bound in heaven, what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And so, you rise up in the revelation of the word and let the giant know, I'm coming for you. Hallelujah. You have no right to stay, you are a squatter without a right to live here. You have to go. So, you have to go. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because I don't want to get to heaven and God say, well, look what you've done. Praise the Lord, but you know, but look at all that I wanted you to do. You walked three miles. Praise God, I had 20 miles for you to accomplish. You, had, you helped 400 people, but I had 50,000 people that are waiting to hear from what you had in your mouth. You sent an offering to one mission field, but I had it where you were going to be so blessed that you were going to financially fund the whole mission plan for 10 missionaries. I could have been that blessed. More is not bad. More is bad outside of God. More is outside, outside of God. It's all bad. But inside of God, come on, somebody. And if the devil can't steal it from you, because he doesn't try to take it out of your hands, he tries to take it out of your heart. Because we receive by faith. And faith, Hebrews 11, 1, is the substance of things hoped hope for. Hope is an expectation of what you don't have that you know that God has for you it belongs to you it is legally yours but it's not literally yours which means you know by revelation it belongs to you because of the cross of calvary yet you don't see it with your natural hand and your natural eye but that doesn't mean it doesn't belong to you and it doesn't mean you can't handle it and have it one day it just means you need to bring it in from the realm of god to this natural world you can wait till you get to heaven and have all the promises of god manifest in your life and that's a great thing praise god when we get to heaven praise god when we get to heaven it's going to be wonderful there's no one tired no one sick no one angry no one bitter you all these wonderful things in heaven but jesus told them to pray thy kingdom come father thy will be done on talk to me church where where on the earth how as it is So that means if it's in heaven, you can begin to bring it here on earth. If it's not in heaven, you can fight it here on earth. We need to know who we're fighting. And it gets confusing if you listen to some preachers. They'll tell you that God put that sickness on you. God wanted some glory, so he's going to get some pain. You can't find that in the Bible. Jesus is the expressed image. He's the visible image of the invisible God, the Bible says. Some verses I'm going to quote, give you reference. Some I'm just going to say. Some I'll show you on the screen. Why? Because I'm not your mother bird to force feed you everything. I want you to look it up. I want you to challenge. A culture around here is you challenge everything. I want you during the week saying, I don't know if that's true, preacher. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. We can stay in unity even if you don't agree. You say, I think you're wrong. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Let's walk in love and challenge it in your own time because it's not my words that makes a difference. It's the word of God been revealed to you by the Spirit of God that said, let me show you. And when you begin to get into this book and begin to study it, and the Spirit of God changes the Word and reveals it to you, it begins to change your life. Hallelujah. But I feel so bad. That's your feelings. Tell them to shut up. My best friend said I should just give up. Job's wife said just kill yourself. Some people, they just need to shut up. Not just for your benefit, but for their benefit. Because I don't want to tell you, after the story of Job, what happened? She died. People don't realize that they're speaking a curse on themselves. So the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy. Thank you, Jesus. And he does that by stealing our hope our expectation or re- Structuring it. And some of us have an expectation based on an experience in the past. But if you keep recycling the past in your expectation of your future, you'll always have what you've always had. Yep. But if you're willing to say, God, I know that you have something for me that I don't have yet. I know there's another level for my life or my ministry or my family and my marriage that I don't have yet. Right. I'm not saying it's bad now, but there's always room for more. Amen. Say there's room for more. How do we begin to give God access to more? Begin to expect God. Years ago, I had a privileged opportunity to go to a driving school put on by BMW. So you got to be in the car with professional drivers. You know, when we think we're good drivers, and then you see somebody who knows what they're doing take the same car and beat your time tremendously. You think, what in the world was I doing? Was I pushing that car? Is that... <laughs> But before you could even get in a car with them, they, you had to take certain classes. And this is why I tell people, it's okay for me to drive the way I drive. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but one interesting thing that BMW, in the class session they told you, is wherever you focus on, your hands will drive the car to it. They said people have literally driven into trees or parked Accidents, cars on some side of the road, that had an accident. Why? Because their focus begins to see the accident and literally have driven, not on purpose, subconsciously, their hand just begins to turn to the direction of their focus. So if you're expecting failure, if you're expecting divorce, if you're expecting bankruptcy, if you're expecting a hard life, without even a demon showing up, you will subconsciously direct your life into those pits. Where were you? I was at church. Yeah, I don't believe it. My last four husbands said that too, and they were all having affairs. What have you been doing? You're creating a problem that wasn't a problem because you saw a problem that did not exist. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3 2 says, Set your mind, this is gonna be on the screen. Set your mind and keep focus habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. Set your mind, set your focus, keep it. Keep that focus. Habitually, it means you gotta keep coming back to it. It's not a one time decision you got to get a hold of it and say, I'm not going to be focusing on that. I'm not going to allow my mind to rehearse that. I'm not going to allow that thought just to keep generating uh, uh, the negativity because all of a sudden it will take seed, like a root, the Bible says, the root of bitterness, and it will produce fruit in the process of time. So how do we change our expectation because none of us are absent from these challenges? You come out of bad experience, you begin to expect to see the world that way. How do we, how do we change? How do we, and I'll make this quicker. How do we redirect what we expect? How do we redirect what we expect? Because if my expectation is actually hope, and hope is defined by faith, because faith needs hope, and if I receive purely by faith, do you understand that there's a flip side of faith? There's a kingdom of darkness, there's a kingdom of light. In the kingdom of light, we call it faith. In the kingdom of darkness, we call it fear. Someone in fear, hears something, visualizes it, stresses over it, and talks about it, and inevitably has it. We have to disengage out of fear and go back into faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, read this with me, but without faith, it is possible to please, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. Let's read that again, Hebrews 11, 6, 1, 2, 3. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, if you think God puts cancer on you, then you won't seek God. That's a, that, don't you see the trap of the devil? If you think God takes your job and makes you sick and makes life hard to get glory, you can't find Jesus doing it. He's the express, the the visible image of the invisible God, the Bible says. Nowhere can you see Jesus doing that. He blessed people. He fed people. He healed people. He raised the dead. And he said, the works that I do are not my works. I see the Father do them. Mm. Don't you think God? I think you need to quit thinking so much from the carnal world and start thinking from the Bible world. In light of that verse, let me read this story that many of us have heard. But I'm going to ask them to do something different. Keep the Hebrews eleven six on the whole time, even though I'm going to read a verse. Keep the other verse up. I want you to listen. The woman with the issue of the blood, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. Last week we talked about that. One translation or one gospel says, if I can touch the hem of his garment. That hem is literally the, the knots on the string of the prayer garment, which was referred to as righteousness. So what Jesus was saying when you enter your prayer closet. It wasn't a physical room. They would take it and put it over their head and block in the view of the natural so they can focus on this, the unseen. They separated the seen from the unseen. But it represented his acts of obedience or his righteousness. She said, if I can touch the hymn, if I can touch those knots, his obedience. Why would she say that? Because she understood and had heard that out of Malachi 4, verse 2 and 4, that when the son of righteousness, the Messiah, would come, there would be healing in his wings. The word wings in the Hebrew is literally the exact same thing. It's those knots of obedience, acts of obedience on that prayer shawl. And she's not the only one in the Gospels that did this, by the way. You don't believe me? Challenge it. Look it up. So she said, if I can touch the hem of his garments, I shall be made whole. And st- straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the virtue had gone out of him, turned about the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked Round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Do we still have that verse up there? We do. All right. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. How do we redirect what we expect? Number one, notice, she heard. Say, she, she heard. Romans 10, 17 tells us the faith comes by Hearing. In the computer coding world, it's called, giggle, garbage in, garbage out. If you fill yourself with garbage coming in, you're going to have garbage coming out. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. She heard. She heard enough because out of the abundance of hearing who Jesus was, she not only got revelation... She began to speak. What did she say? If I can touch the hem of his garments, I know I shall be whole. Say, she heard. What am I telling you? You want to redirect what you expect? Change what you listen to. You listen to news all the time. Don't get upset if you have the fruit of anger, frustration, dissension, racism. I'm not against news. You need to be informed. But some of us are feeding our minds, like, constantly. This strife and division, and we can't understand why we don't feel in balance and harmony and peace with anything. Let me take a 60-second political break. Love me if you don't agree. I'll love you, and we'll pray for each other. But this is not one-sided. This is all sides, Some of us are so political. Listen to me, church. We will hate people we have never met. I'm going to look down because I'm not talking to anybody specific, but there are people in this room who hate Biden. And before you say amen and praise the Lord, there are people in this room that hate Trump. You've never met either one of them. But you hate them. You hate them because what you've been told about them. And at the end of the day, you should have a political voice. It's our constitutional right. Here's our stance when it comes to voting. And we're getting ready. If you didn't notice, by all the commercials about all the, this, this ad has been provided. I do, Very clearly, my perspective, number one, be informed. Number two, pray. Number three, vote. Because people have died on the battlefield so that you can vote. But at the end of the day, you're not a Republican, Democrat, independent, social, or communist. You're a child of the Most High God. Don't let them bring you down to a place that's not a Christian. Jesus said, love people, pray for the leaders. Well, I didn't vote for them. It didn't matter if you vote or didn't vote. Pray for people. Pray for those who are in authority. I'm not saying that they're good people. They might be evil people. They need more prayer than even the good people. But at the end of the day, we're to follow the Word of God and be men and women of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. I love Jesus. How do you love God and hate people? I didn't say it. The Bible said it. we got to guard our heart, for out of it, the Bible says, flows the issues of life. And quit... Some of us, I think, we're so encapsulated we've been deceived. This is my opinion. Again, you can disagree. I think it's a two-headed snake. Because the people that have power, you will never see. Because evil people operate by their father, the devil, who operates in darkness. They don't mind having puppets. And if you don't think that they're somehow a puppet for somebody, ask them how in no, the you have to ask yourself, follow the money. They go from nothing and in a few short years without, you can know their salary, all of a sudden now they wake up with tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Why would anybody want to spend billion dollars to get a job that doesn't pay that much money? oh i don't care if it's a man or woman political party it don't matter at the end of the day we don't hate people we love and pray for people but guard your heart guard your heart because after a while you will you will be determined that you are right based on the information you heard from people that don't care about you they just need something out there that's so extreme so you'll come back and watch them some more why because the more people that watch them are you ready i got my mba in marketing you ready the more people that watch the more they charge for their commercials so they need a lot of people watching so they can make more money And people don't watch something that's like, oh, we had a good day. Everything's cool. Everybody's happy. So-and-so helped this person. This person's doing a great work. They need something that is spicy and hot and crazy and OMG and have you heard. And if it's not even accurate, they'll stretch it. Okay, moving right along. Say, she heard. She heard heard not only from others. She heard it at such a level that she heard out of her own mouth. Some of us, we pollute our own wells. By the words of our own mouth. Are you listening to me, church? I believe in tithe. and we're not going to talk about money. We're not going to take it up as a second offering. But the Bible says that he'll stop the devourer for your sake. And sometimes the problem is not the devil. We're our own devourer, and we can't find why we, keep, we can't advance because God's put a stop to even our advancement because we are devouring our own life and our own family. Okay, that's another message another time here. Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, the word of God. Get the word in you. Get the word in you. Get the word in you. Not just once. The reason we, we do these times, even like a guest speaker, we are saturating ourselves with the word. We're going to hear the word. We're going to hear the word. Yes. Hallelujah. When I was in college, I was taking care of the pool my parents had. And so one, one day I went out there to put chlorine in now, this is days before even liquid chlorine or machines or equipment or tests. And so I opened up this canister of chlorine, and it had, and I opened it correctly. You know, you do all the right things, look away, turn sideways, turn it, open it up. But it had gotten so hot that there was fumes that had built up in there. And to this day, I remember so clearly, I was about 19 years old, and when I opened it up, you know, I just thought that's about the same year I met my wife. I don't think there's two things connected to it, but I'm just saying maybe she was the anyway. As I opened it up, I felt this great heat. It was like a hot cloud just And I began to gag and spit and try to catch my breath. And I went up to the, the house, and I'm leaning over the sink, and my mom and my older sister Shonda were at the kitchen table talking, and they looked overwhelmed, and they said, are you okay as I'm leaning over the sink, spitting and gagging and gasping for air? Thank you for your participation. <laughs> and so my mom said, I need to call poison control. And they said, get him to the emergency. So they drove me to the emergency. And if you, had, God forbid, ever been to a hospital emergency, you, you know how that goes. Insurance identification, fill out this form three times, wait over there, next to the guy with the ax in his head, yeah, right by him, just a him bleed on you right? So you know it's going to be a process. The moment we walked in, they said, what's going on? And we explained it. They hit a, they hit a button. Lights start changing. I had like four people on me immediately. They didn't ask for insurance, identification, nothing. They put me in a chair, wheeled me back, got me on a gurney, start kicking IVs on me, put oxygen. When that happens, you know what you start thinking? Wow. <laughs> this must be a big deal. And I had to literally spend 24 hours, they did some tests, spent the night at the hospital, 24 hours, and I had to wear uh, oxygen where I could breathe heavy oxygen. And they said one of the things that happened is when I was exposed to so much chlorine that my blood began to gravitate to the chlorine and reject the oxygen molecules. And so, obviously, that's not a good thing. And so what do they do? I had to breathe all this heavy oxygen. Why? Because the more I breathe, the more oxygen I got. Eventually, there's a tipping point. And they said, if the the chlorine's here and the oxygen's there, we need to get the oxygen higher. Because once you cross the tipping point, not under it, not near it, not at it, but more than it, once it crossed and I had more oxygen than I do chlorine in my blood, my blood would begin to gravitate back to the oxygen. See, some of us, we spending time in the Word. We're coming to church, praise God. But we filled ourselves up with a bunch of garbage. Come on, come on. And our emotions, our thoughts, our expectation is gravitating to the abundance of what the world's saying. Yep. And then we read a chapter in the Bible and say, why am I not seeing a difference? You are, but you don't see. You're, you're building. You're building. And as you saturate the Word, saturate in the Word, saturate in the Word, I'm telling you, there is a tipping point. Yeah. And when the tipping point happens, your emotions are gonna to begin to change and come into alignment in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Your mindset's gonna to begin to change and come in alignment with the kingdom of God. Your perspective's gonna change and come in alignment with the word of God. Your feelings are gonna change. Why? Because of the tipping, all of a sudden you're gonna to begin to gravitate to the word. Well, I've done that. I went to church two days. No, it all depends how much garbage you got in your. heart. Ho- but when there's a tipping point, say a tipping point. tipping point. Oh, my goodness. We keep hearing the word until faith comes. And until you believe. Yes. Until you believe. She not only heard, she believed. Why do I know she believed? Not just because she said it. She believed because she moved and acted upon it. Yes. She believed because she moved against the opposition of it. She believed. What did she believe? She said, I believe if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall behold. She's basically, keep that, see that verse? She believed, she believed that he is the healer. She got enough of hearing the word that faith came that that brought to the place of belief that she knew he, Jesus, was the healer. Don't just mimic people because if you're. Imitating people, you you have motion without any power. But when you are moved in action because of what you believe, I'm trying to help you out. Listen, I've seen on TV people saying, "Oh, you know, God told me to give a thousand dollars to this television network, and I did. In a 30 days, I got thirty thousand dollars. And praise God, it happened for him. That's biblical." Do you know what's not biblical? Them getting to the camera and saying, now if you call right now and send a $1,000, you too can get 30000 That's not the way it works, but a lot of Christians don't know that and they become gullible. That's why I'm determined to ch- teach you to challenge everything with the word of God, no matter who says it. Why is that not biblical, Pastor? God's not a respected person. It's because you're moving on the word of a man and not moving on the word of God what do you need to do did it work for them yeah but notice the key thing they said god spoke to me to act and i obeyed peter said if that's you lord am i helping somebody today if that's you lord speak to me and i'll come no other disciple came only peter because he only invited peter onto the water well god's not a respecter of persons fine go get a bible No, don't go go get a Bible. You should already have a Bible. Go get a boat, take it to the lake, get out there and say, Lord, you're not a respecter of people. And you told Peter to walk on the water. He walked, so I'm going to do what Peter did. You better know how to swim or have a... Because you're going to come into the real reality that unless he tells you to do it, don't do it. Am I helping you? Don't be like Israel that said, Moses, you go and tell us what he said. You don't need secondhand revelation for a direction. You need God to speak to you through his word. God will use people, but it will always be aligned with the word, and it will always be a confirmation of what he's already said to you. She believed, and then she moved. What does she believe? That he is. See, people know about God, but they don't know him. But when you get to know him, when you get to know that He is love, you won't be hating people. I'm not trying to dog people for being in hate. I'm just saying there's a better place, of a better dimension, there's better level. And that's knowing your heavenly Father, your Abba God, the love of God. For God so loved the world. Your Father, He is so good. And when you get into the place of letting Him ex- express it, that you experience His love, you won't hate on people. People that hate on people, they hate on themselves. They don't know who he is. She she knew that he was the healer. She knew that he is a rewarder. If I can get to him, he's going to do something for me. Don't let people tell you that God doesn't want to do something for you. Uh, you, you need to run from that. Anything you bring, that you, you're expecting God to do something for you. Are you kidding? You know the, you know the groups that don't believe that God wants to do something for them is foreign religions. Talk to a Muslim. They don't believe God, their God will do anything for them. Right. A Buddhist, they don't believe God, their God. Why? Because really, he's dead. He doesn't exist. And if, you, if he doesn't exist, and you're getting people to do it, you might as well tell them he's not going to answer prayers. Right, right, right. So you can keep your crazy thought going longer, right? Because if you begin to say, he'll answer by fire, and he doesn't answer by fire, they're going to start wondering. He'll answer your prayers, and their prayers don't get answered. They're going to start wondering. But our God that we serve, he is alive. He, he is alive. He is well, able, and he'll hear your prayer and answer. Why? Because you heard from heaven, and you... Hallelujah. She heard. She believed. Last, she moved. Those who diligently... Don't wait for God to back up the truck. You're going after him. I'm telling you, I'm doing this even for myself. I'm doing this for this church. That even during these meetings, I'm thankful for Jonathan. I appreciate him. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. He is anointed of God. He's going to have a word from God. But all that aside, I'm coming to saturate saturate my mind and my heart my spirit with the word of God and the presence of God with the expectation that when this is all done and the dust is settled, we won't say, ooh, those were good meetings, and we weren't great meetings, but we'll say, wow, look what God has done in our world. I want to raise your expectation that praise God for Holy Ghost meetings, that's wonderful, but some of us jumped and shot and went back to live the way we were living before with the same devil same problems, same issues I'm expecting an impartation I'm expecting some revelation I'm expecting people that have had problems for years and couldn't and didn't know what to do get a revelation insight and understanding and all of a sudden have the wisdom of God because Jesus has been made the wisdom unto you and begin to say wait a minute I now know what to do I'm expecting marriages that were on the rocks of divorce being restored I'm expecting people that didn't they're like Lord I'm looking to get blessed and have inheritances that have been held up we've seen it happen inheritances that have been held up by the enemy and all of a sudden during the revival meetings get a phone call. You know, there's money. We've been looking for you for three years. Why couldn't you look a little faster? I'm expecting people to get healed. I'm expecting people to get saved. I'm expecting some of your children that seem like they are so anti-God that there's no hope for them all of a sudden give you a call that you haven't heard from in 20 years and say, Mom, I want—I just wanted to call you. I just got saved. We've had pe- we have prayed for people and they call from other states and say, I just had an encounter with God and I've just given my heart to the Lord and I wanted to call you and let you know. I'm expecting for more than enough. I'm expecting for the impossible. I'm expecting for lives changed. I'm expecting for God to show up and show out like we've never been before. Why? Because I've heard the word. I know who he is. And if you're hungry enough, and we pursue him. And I'll be honest with you, and this is not to build a group for a big meeting. But if you have the mindset, and this is what the devil will tell you. Well, you're so busy. Maybe if you could watch one of them online, that should be good enough. That's a lie of the devil. Are you listening to me? If there's no cost, don't you want, don't you go for the things of God thinking that if there's no cost, if there's no cost, you're like, but I got some important stuff. I know that might be a cost for you, but you're saying, God, I want you. I want that next season. I want that next level more than I want that stuff. our western christianity our american mentality we want everything we don't want to do anything we don't pay anything it's not about money there's no charge to get in but the idea of we go for the least we go for the most convenient the least cost and we want the biggest and we can't find out why why we're not getting to the next level you got to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know he can do it, but even if he doesn't, I'm, no cost is going to keep me from serving him. I still will not bow. I will not bow. She heard, she believed, she moved, and last but not least she experienced. That's what we're going to do. That's what we want. Just not for this meeting in the rhythm of life. Just on on Sunday, on Monday through the week. Wake up and say, God, I know that you have so much in store for me and you're going to reveal them to me. Eye has not seen, ears not heard, neither is in the heart of man, the things that God has for us, but he reveals them to us by spirit. You ought to wake up and say, Lord, I'm going to, what am I experiencing? What, it's based on what I'm expecting. I'm expecting some amazing stuff this year, yeah. stuff I just know. You, when you get an anticipation in your life, you'll not be so thrown off when they say, oh, they're talking about shutting down again. Oh, what am I going to do? You're gonna, I, I, Let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to look at, even if they say we're shutting down again, you're going to look at that and say it looks impossible. But what's impossible to man is possible God. God, I expect increase through this. You're a God of more than enough. I don't care if you're going to bring a crow. I don't care if you're going to bring a stranger. But God, I expect increase. I'm not trying to survive. I'm not trying to hold on. I'm not trying to just endure. I am expecting promotion. I'm expecting increase and when the dust settles and the people come back out of their house and look around they're going to see that your house looks different why because he is well able you don't need to live in fear you don't need to live in fear who am i talking to you don't need to live in fear that's a demon. In the name of Jesus, I curse and bind fear off your life right now by the authority of the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be not afraid. You do not have to live in fear. Come into the world of faith and enter into his rest. Hebrews 4. Redirect what you expect. Expect something great from God so that you can experience something great from God every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm asking, is Jesus Christ real to you? And the way you process, the way you experience, is Jesus Christ real to you today? Only you can answer that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray a prayer in a few seconds. Revelation 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you open up, I'll come in. That means when he moves upon your heart, if you feel him tugging right now at your heart, that you're not right, but you can be. He's not condemning you. He's, that's conviction, and it's an invitation to something much better. When you lay your head on your pillow tonight, you can lay your head knowing that your heart's right, your, your home is heaven, and that you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. It's one of the greatest miracles. It's one of the greatest miracles Romans tells us, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So maybe you've never heard the gospel that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, in the flesh, died on a cross without sin for us, took our sin upon himself, was buried for us, and on the third day rose again for us so that we could be saved. Maybe you have a lot of stuff to come between you and God, or you know your heart's not right. Or maybe you prayed a prayer, but you weren't for sure, if, you're just not too sure if you're saved. Today's the day. I want to pray this prayer with me, if you would. Say, Heavenly Father, I turn to you today. I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, that he came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day, rose again for mine because I believe that. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. To Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart and life, and I invite you in. To be my savior and my lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap or priest. If you prayed that prayer. At the count of three, I want, you, I want to speak a blessing over your life. If you prayed that prayer, it meant business with God. At the count of three, I want you to lift your hands so I know who I was praying with. One, two, three. Pastor, that was me you were praying with. It was like, I see that one hand. Let's keep your hands up if you would. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. God bless you. Ten, eleven, twelve. Thank you. God bless you. Thirteen. Fourteen. God bless you. Anybody else? There's so many hands, I'm having trouble seeing them all. Would you stand to your feet if you prayed that prayer? If you prayed that prayer, stand to your feet. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Don't worry about what people are doing. This is important. Come on. Come on, church. It's a big group back here. here. Hallelujah. Stretch your hands toward them. Father, bless them right now. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for peace. Everyone who's standing, Lord, we just, according to your word, you have sealed them with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you give them that empowerment. Your word says to be, that they are called to be strengthened with might by your spirit and the inner person. Give them the tenacity to live for you, to stand against sin, to serve you and stay on the right path. Replace the wrong desires with good desires. Replace the evil influences with good influences. And we curse them by every tactic used against them to hold them back and keep them down. And we set them free in the name of Jesus. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. God bless you. Give a hand. Clap.